Good evening. Are you all hungry for the Word of God? Are you hungry for the things of God? Amen. Good, me too. I'm excited. All right. So, I had a hard time finding out what in the world I was supposed to talk about tonight. And finally, the Lord led me to a particular passage of Scripture, which doesn't tell you a lot. But tonight I'm talking about worshiping at the well. Like, or another way is to say it is like free to worship. And it's from the, the story of the woman in the well, or at the well, actually. The Samaritan woman, she's, you know, she was the worst of the worst. She was an outcast among outcasts. And Jesus came and met with her. And that story is really about how the most depraved person can come to the place where they are saved and they are in Jesus Christ. They are a believer because that's a story of her believing and the whole town believing because of her testimony. But there's one little section in there where she calls out worship. It says, now hold on a minute. And it's in John chapter 4. This is verses 19 through 24. And she calls out worship and says, hey, these people worship here. We're supposed to worship here. What's the deal, Jesus? And this is, Jesus answers it. And worship is a critical part of the Christian walk. And to talk about all this, you know, you guys ever just wonder what it's like to be free? Just like to freely worship, not to be held back by anything. Because so many times... I mean, circumstances tend to get in the way. What's going on in your life? You get too distracted. You can't even focus through. We talk about trying to push through through it. That's the kind of stuff they were talking about. And God just wants us to worship in his freedom, in the freedom of the Spirit, just founded in the love of God. So if y'all are there, here's how it goes. It's in John 4, chapter, chapter 4, verses 19 through 24. All right, Jesus, she asked him about her ancestors and how they worshiped on this mountain over here and how the Jews worship in a temple over there. And how are we supposed to do this, Jesus? This is after she recognizes him as a prophet or thinks that he is. And he says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem to worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Man, the time is coming, and now is. If it was coming and now is then, it definitely is now. Where he's looking for us to worship in spirit and in truth. If you'll notice, she was looking at location. It's part of the big issue between the Samaritans and the Jews. They hated each other because their beliefs were partially different. And each one believed the other one had some, some major problems. And so they started focusing on location, about what's around them, what other, their, their ancestors told them. We worship on this mountain. No, we worship in the temple, in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, no, worship in spirit and truth. 
And you know what that tells me? Basically, he said, location doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you're at. And that extends to circumstances, too. It doesn't matter what you're going through when it comes to worship. You worship in spirit and in truth. (laughs) See, that's not an obligation. That's a freedom. That is a freedom. You are now free from having to go to some place to try and meet with God through some ritual. No, you can meet with him spirit to spirit and direct truth and the revelation of Jesus Christ that you are free. And yet, we get stuck in all the circumstances so often. How many times do you go through a really rough passage in life and you immediately go, God, why are you there? See, (laughs) I kind of started thinking about it like this, you know. I know we're all saved that when we accept Jesus Christ. But so many people stop there. We're saved, but he's still a savior. We're saved, but he's still saving. It's amazing, and I love it. Think about it. If the rescue worker, Jesus Christ, came and pulled you up out of your flooded, nasty life and pulled you into the boat, and yet you jump out into the water and then you get mad at your, that you're wet, I mean, I'm guilty of it. It happens. We do it. We get too focused on the circumstances around us, what we've left behind, what we think that's waterlogged and a problem. Yeah, it's a problem, but he's saving you to a better place, to more, to the truth. So you can't let the circumstances dictate what happens between you and God. Because it's irrelevant. Because his spirit meets with your spirit. And his truth meets the truth that's in your life and changes everything. Now, what do I mean by all of this? I mean that it's not about you. It's about him. That might sound a little harsh, but honestly, you deserve hell. If it's about you, I'm sorry, but it was great this morning and it was very true. In and of ourselves, without him, we're going to hell. And yet we want to complain about our circumstances that are around us instead of Christ who's in us. And all that basically is just to say, don't worship from who you are or where you are, but worship from who the Spirit makes you. Christ died on the cross, and the blood is over you to make you who Christ says you are, and yet too often we'll look at trying, you know, it's a big problem in the world right now, and it's seeping into the church. It's saying, hey, you know, you just need to find out who you are. You just need to know yourself. That's not what Jesus said. He came to have Christ, to have him in you, and then to give you the Holy Spirit to change you. He died on the cross so that we could plead the blood, an old term that we don't use anymore. But basically what it means is when the court, when we're in front of the judgment seat that we heard about this morning, God sees Jesus. So you're pleading Jesus when you plead the blood. And that is the spirit that we are to worship in. It changes everything. Because when it's worship between us and God, and we remove us, and it's God and God, we are left with nothing but the glory of God during worship. 
But sometimes we just got to get out of the way first. Sometimes we got to stop focusing on the stuff that's outside that the devil's lying and telling us matters more than our relationship with what Christ has done with us. See, it's not just what you're saved from. We can't forget that you are saved from it. What do, I, what do I mean by that? See, so many times, like, we know what we're saved from. We know what, that we're saved from it, and yet we sit there and we struggle with it. The pet sin comes back, and we focus so much on the pet sin that we forget that we are delivered from that pet sin, and that it's covered and washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we've got this sign out here that says, Welcome to the Broken. And I think this is just the crux of it. Welcome to the broken. It's not welcome to be broken. If somebody broken comes in our doors day after day, week after week, month after month, there's something wrong. It's not right because it's not welcome to be broken. You're welcome when you're broken, but you're welcome to something. The truth. You're welcome to the Spirit of God. You're welcome to life. You're, wel- you're welcome to being made whole. You're welcome that you are delivered, that you're a new creation. Welcome to old things passing away. Welcome to love. See, that's just it. We are welcome to the things of the Spirit. We are welcome to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self control, long suffering. And that's what I mean by you can't worship, you don't worship from where you are. You worship to where God is. It's God in you. It's always been. It's your spirit joining with his spirit. It's communing with God. It's worshiping in freedom. Because there's a few songs that I've heard that's, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I'm, there's a verse, too. And that's the truth. Because where the Spirit is, there is freedom. Because it's freedom from ourselves. It's freedom from our life. It's freedom in his life and him in us, life in us. And that's the, that's the truth. That is the truth. The truth is that you are free. Man, if you worship in spirit and truth, you're going to be worshiping because you won't be able to do nothing else. We are free in Christ. It's not us, but it is him. Because honestly, you can't walk away from your sins. You can't push them down. You can't keep them locked in a chest. If that was necessary, if you could do that, Christ never would have came because there never would have been a need for him. See, only Christ can set you free. So just because the circumstances are around you, don't let them define you. Let who Jesus Christ says you are in his word define you. We need to stop believing what people tell us. We need to stop believing the sin that comes up in our lives. We need to stop believing the judgment of people around us. We need to stop believing what we feel like we should or shouldn't do and start believing the truth in God's word of what he says you are, of who he says you are, of what he says you can do, and of the fact that he is with you always. See, you're free. 
You're free from sin. You're free from death. You're free from hell. You're free from the grave. But if you don't focus on the fact that Christ set you free, you'll find yourself right back there again. See, it's spirit versus Satan in your soul. It's truth versus lies. The devil wants you to focus on him. He wants to reproduce his thought patterns, his desires in you, because that's what destroyed him, and he wants to take you down too. But the truth is, Jesus is producing himself in you. That it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And if, you know, to see the line between the truth and the lies, it's actually really rather simple because the word, the truth, lines it out for us. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. But the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. So if those thoughts are stealing from you, if those thoughts are killing you, if those thoughts are destroying you, rebuke them and claim Jesus. Say, no, I have life. The other is a lie. Straight from the pit of hell. Literally. Now, I'm pretty much, I'm preaching prosperity up here right now. I'm preaching prosperity. Some people shake their heads yes. Some people go no. Some people look a little worried. Pastor might be wondering what I'm going with this. But this is exactly where I'm going with this. I've reached the point where I've decided that just because the devil has twisted prosperity so much to make it a false gospel doesn't mean that we can't rejoice in the true prosperity gospel of Christ in us, in our souls. The devil preaches prosperity of the world in your life. But that's not what the book, that's not what the Bible preaches. He preaches the prosperity of Christ in your soul, in the very innermost parts of your being, making you alive. And some of us, honestly, we get so stuck in it simply because we don't realize that we're free from it. And we can't remain silent about the prosperity of the Spirit in us, about truth in our lives, just because the devil wants to preach a false one. Come on, church. We got reason enough to worship? I think we do. Just start looking up and stop looking down so much. You need to be aware of every lie. You need to be aware of the pit of hell. But you need to know that it doesn't end there. You need to know that heaven is as real as hell, just like hell is as real as heaven. It's both. And church, the spirit of the living God is here. Because last I checked, the word says that you get a deposit of the Holy Spirit when you are saved. So if you know Jesus Christ, not if you said Jesus Christ, but if you know Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is in you. You are walking in spirit. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise because he'll try to. He'll get you so confused. And that's his only goal. He wants to confuse you and trip you. Because he can't take the spirit out of you. So he's trying to take you out of the spirit. 
So let's, okay, this was under my notes, but when it comes to worship, sometimes I wonder why we stop so early. When I'm worshiping at home, and and I know I got something else to do, you know, like, okay, I, I set a timer. But back in the Old Testament, they'd offer the sacrifices on the altars for their sins. And the entire time that that sacrifice is burning on the altar, they would be praising and worshiping God for the removal of the sins in their lives, for the time period that that sacrifice is supposed to cover. But John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God when he saw Jesus. Jesus was prepared from the foundations of the world to be our salvation, to be the sacrifice on the altar. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. That's why they're lies. Because they're defeated. But here's the deal, church. If they would worship for the duration of the sacrifice. But Jesus is our sacrifice. From the foundations of the world. God eternal. Our sacrifice. How then should we worship? How long should we worship? The word says pray without ceasing. But if we are to worship in the pattern that God set forth, and also in the blood of Jesus Christ, then we should never cease to worship because he has never ceased to be the sacrifice for our sins. There is no ending to the time period. He covered all of them eternal. We need to stop being confessing believed and start being confessing believers. It's an active thing. You are a believer. He is your sacrifice. You are free. Believe in the truth that Jesus Christ has set you free. Believe in the fact that the Spirit is in you. And the devil can't take it away. All he can do is try and cover it up with lies. Worship team, if you come back. And let's just prepare our hearts and our minds for worship, not based on location, because we might be in the temple of Jerusalem, we might be in the church house, sometimes we might be in a mountain in our life on top of the world, other times we might be in the very bottom of a valley, the valley of the shadow of death. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, fear no evil, for he is with you. Instead, let's walk in the glory of what real worship is. It's not held back by anybody. It's not held back by anything, but it's simply us and God with nothing in between. You know, the only thing we press through when we press through is ourselves because Christ pressed through all the way to us. All the way. If we'll just reach out and say, I want you, God. My spirit to your spirit, God. Nothing in between because I am yours. Come on, church. Let's worship. Let's love God. Let's stand up. And let's just get to a place of worship tonight.
not in a place that denies what God sacrificed for us, but denies what the world's trying to hold over us. And you will enter into the glory of the presence of God. So that's pure and simply the call tonight. It's to just worship God in truth and in spirit.